Hey guys, what is going on? This is Rocco, joined by my co-host. Run DMC. Run DMC. The whole band. The whole the whole group today. Uh, we are doing hip-hop today. Uh, I just wanted to start out by thanking you guys for the continued support and a little bit of an apology for missing pretty much an entire month of things. We both just got super busy with things. I got caught up with work. Liza got caught up with work and school, and it just became this whole thing of whatever. So here we are. Um, we will definitely be sure to make sure you guys get a podcast weekly through the rest of the year. And huzzah. But today we are talking about hip-hop, right? Yeah. Yeah, hip-hop. So I hope you're excited for our takes on hip-hop because we had to pretty much start from a... a borderline blank slate so it's pretty interesting to see to hear uh i know it was interesting to hear eliza's take on hip-hop from like her experiences with it and from these uh delvings in and uh yeah so before we get started i just wanted to say if you don't like our facebook page i will find you and i'll kill you Uh, also you can't say that (laughs) also um if you haven't um subscribe to our youtube channel um you should do that too or i will release your address to the president of the united states and he will find you and he will kill you or deport you or something and uh these are horrible and and accurate and uh we might have a vid.me if we're on vid.me hi everyone there what's up tip us lots of money and you can do that on vid.me you can tip from like you know like from the player yeah there's like a thing on the bottom that says tip and you can that's directly thing. tip your peoples tip your waitress tip tip your podcasters everyone <laughs> so be sure to do and if you do if you do tip us we will shout you out probably not on the next episode because we're probably going to record that one directly after this one but we will <laughs> we will shout you out in the future if you if you do so so that that would be pretty cool of you so yeah hip-hop Eminem. Oh, don't start with that. <laughs> That's like starting from the lowest of the low. Whoa. Arguably the lowest Whoa. of the low. I'm not an Eminem person. Oh, I really? used to be. I'm, you you know? know, I'm more of a Skittles person myself. from the Eminem thing. You could pick up where, wherever we want to pick up. Okay. Then. So, I guess we should talk about what we were talking about before we started recording um, about the genre of hip-hop, how we view it, and, I mean, I'll let you talk about what you said, but personally, I think hip-hop came from rap because we had the discussion, is, hip, is hip-hop rap? Is rap hip-hop? What's the difference? And I personally categorize them as two completely separate things. Um, Mm -hmm. I think hip-hop, in my mind, or the way I think of it, is if I hear a song that does have rap but has a more R&B to pop element, I kind of put that in the hip-hop category. Whereas something that's, I don't want to say pure rap, but like mostly rap, I'll just think of that as a rap category. Gotcha. And my argument for that was I think rap came before hip-hop. 
I mean, we'll talk about it in a little more detail, but rap's been around for much longer than the quote-unquote genre of rap. And I don't think they're the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely, rap has been around a lot longer than its genre. Um, I see rap and hip-hop as being two different things also, but in a bit of a different way. Um, I see hip-hop as the genre and rap as a style of singing. For example, the Red Hot Chili Peppers don't play hip-hop music, but Anthony Kiedis, their singer, raps on songs. So I think there's definitely some sort of correlation there, whereas rapping is the style in which you are singing or projecting your voice. And hip-hop is just the genre in which all that stuff kind of gets looped into. I think the idea that some stuff is R&B and some stuff is a little more, like, traditional rap-y kind of plays into the fact that the genre itself is big and conveys lots of different styles and different, you know, mood points and stuff like that. And I think that's great for any genre to have. You know, to have like different songs that convey different emotions because that's really important. Especially because, especially nowadays, because if you listen to like modern hip hop, whenever like a song comes out that's really like introspective, because like that's the kind of stuff that I look for in hip hop, is I look for like really deep lyrics, like very, very like smart lyrics of things. And when I hear it, uh, it kind of clicks a little bit for me. Like I kind of. I kind of empathize with it more when there's more of like a story you're telling with it, which is why I love like Beastie Boy stuff because all their stuff is like telling a story of something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know. I was gonna actually say, I think that's why personally I make the distinction between rap and hip hop as two genres. I mean, like, I agree that it used to just be like a style of singing because you can have a rap in a song and it's not a rap song. but I personally don't like a lot of hip-hop and even rap that comes out now. Um, so some of the things that are rap that come out now, I'll still think of it as hip-hop as opposed to rap. I don't know why this makes it like legitimized in my mind, Yeah, if that makes sense. It's still a good um, argument. But what you said, I, I don't really like anything like gratuitous hip-hop, that kind of vein that it's gone into um so when it has the when it's mostly like a rap and it has those introspective lyrics and it has subject matters that are beyond you know like girls money rings things like that that i find more of a challenge to my own thought process and i automatically categorize it more as a rap mm-hmm rather than a hip-hop. Now, that being said, Eliza, it's time to take everyone down memory lane for a little bit here. Okay. When I was a wee lad, <laughs> when I was when I was just a, yo- a, young, a youngin, when I was just a spring chicklet, I loved hip-hop. I was the kid in my school that brought college dropout, Kanye West's first album, to middle school. I had it on CD. I had it in my Sony CD player with my around-the-ear headphones. And I introduced all my friends to it. And all my friends were listening to G-Unit. And 
I remembered showing them this, and I remember putting on one track, Uncollage Dropout, and my friend was listening to it, and he was like, this isn't Kanye West, this is Jay-Z. And I was like, no, like it literally says Kanye West. And he's like, oh, really? He sounds just like Jay-Z. Little did I know, I was playing him a track that featured Jay-Z. So he actually heard Jay-Z rapping. Yeah. But, like, I found that out, like, later. But I find it really interesting because, like, the music that, like, I don't want to say I grew up with. Because, like, really, I grew up with, like, the Beatles and Frank Sinatra and stuff. Because that's what my parents listened to. But, like, the music that I first chose to listen to was hip-hop. It was stuff like Eminem stuff like G-Unit, st- a lot, a lot of that vein, like, hip-hop that really, um, not that hip-hop should be ashamed of it, but it's just an era of hip-hop that is just not as introspective, and I don't want to say intelligent, but it just didn't have the, the lyrical depth that, like, even, like, Jay-Z's Blueprint had or things that even, like, a few years before, like, had that you could really say, oh, like, this is, like, some real quality stuff. And that's something that hip-hop always needed because uh, when you have a new genre, like hip-hop, that's, like, the rebel genre, it's a constant fight to legitimize yourself. Especially, especially when it comes from, like, the streets and it comes from, like, underprivileged kids for the most part. Like, if you look at how long it took rock and roll to become legitimized, it took, like, 40 years for rock and roll to become, like, the pop genre because it was, it's depression blues. Like, it was just these poor guys, like, in the South with their acoustic guitars that they got from pawn shops just singing about how poor they are. And it took them, like, 40 years just to, like you know, make that become a genre. Like, it takes a really long time for a genre to get respected, which is why it takes really, really tight, legitimate music. When I say legitimate, I mean music that plays into the current sound of music, which is why things like Rapper's Delight... Yeah, no, like, it gets mainstream. Yeah. Even though Rapper's Delight, you could argue, is more like funk disco, but the idea that it featured rap, and it really... Like, a song like Rapper's Delight, I think, is a great place to start, too. Because Rapper's Delight really, really set the blueprint for, like, every hip-hop song going yeah. forward. It had... And it opened the gateway to every hip-hop song to get that kind of notoriety. Yeah. It, it set the blueprint. It really did. Because it had the beat. It had... Um, especially the formula in how rap songs are done even today where you have like your catchphrases that kind of get repeated not like a chorus but like through songs like when was the last time you've heard a song say he's got the hotel motel holiday in right that comes from the very first rap song ever like that's so cool that like that kind of that's how that's how rap homages itself is like bringing up like stuff like that from like the roots and like continuing to use it as kind of like like a pay it forward kind of thing but the way that like they would each say a verse or a bar and pass it to the next person and they would say a bar is very much how rap music is today where you'd have uh, songs featuring other people and they would each have their own verse yes ciphers stuff like that and that all comes from the streets and how people used to just lay down a beat with a beatbox and 
they would or boombox I said beatbox like the thing but like a boombox they would have really? a beat playing so beatbox. and yeah and and people would just rap verses over it and go in a circle and yeah, they would just do that I was gonna say also that also stems from streetwise how it used to be in the underground when you're doing rap battles with other people like it's a form of it was a form of having your turf having your notoriety making a name for yourself mm-hmm. in a poetic way and that's something where I could say that rap goes beyond the genre. Mm-hmm. Where you could say that it really is a style because it's like a rhythmic poetry that really just comes from your head. And it's like a really interesting style. It's something that's different from singing because I don't really know how you would be trained to be a rapper. I feel like it's just something that you just have to be able to do where you can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very mentally demanding because if you think of, I mean, obviously people write their raps, take the time to do so and record it, you know, when you're a recording artist. But if you're in that situation where it's like, you're up against an opponent, you have to be fast on your feet, you'd have to just practice, 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 like 10,000 hours just so you have that kind of rapport Mm -hmm. with someone else. And even if you practice incessantly, I mean, some people, you know, you just have a gift. Yeah, absolutely. To be able to do it. And it's the same thing with any kind of lyricist. Some people just have a gift to communicate that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's a big thing with hip-hop, especially where it comes from. And you see where it goes. One of the big things that I think was a huge stepping stone was when Run DMC and Aerosmith collaborated. Oh, yeah. It was one of the first times that hip-hop and rock really, like, met yeah they met and not only did they met but they succeeded like not only did that put run dmc on the map but that put aerosmith back on the map aerosmith was not doing anything when that song came out and that put aerosmith on the map as a legitimate band again before that they were like you could you could read anything about it or watch any documentary but that remix of walk this way put them back on the mainstream map and was able to give them the freedom to do things again especially because when that came out that was in like the late 80s right when that came out um was it at the early 90s it could have been the early 90s I think it was the early 90s. but if it's the early 90s that kind of proves my point a little bit more because that was in a time when the rock industry kind of had a belt around it and they were kind of tightening that belt because of grunge music and they were kind of limiting what people were recording because of what people wanted and they were like people only want to hear this grunge sound so they kind of pulled the plug on all these bands like poison and all those like hair metal bands that i would consider i don't know if you'd agree with me on this but i would consider that era of rock and roll the same way i would consider like the g-unit era of hip-hop as being just like this very gaudy excessive flamboyant era of like we're on the top and like we have all this stuff and most of the music is just about flaunting I honestly would have never thought of it that way but I 100% see it yeah yeah like like like, for sure when when I think of it I think of like candy shop by 50 cent and then I think of like nothing but a good time by poison as being like in the same like like points of genre but it's in the same it's the same kind of situation with anything we always talk about this mm-hmm. when things get mainstreamed 
Um, but when you're doing, now that you can't have like deep, meaningful things when you're, you know, super famous and all that, but if you come from nothing and you make it to that, you have all these things, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, you write what you know. I mean, you kind of want to. Yeah. You're like, hey, I came from garbage, but look what I can do now. I also think that's a big, big reason why the music industry doesn't trust artists to write their own songs anymore. That's interesting. Why you know you... what I'm saying? Yeah. Because uh, I feel like they've understood that there's a pattern of when you take someone who doesn't have that much and they write about like their struggles and that stuff catches the fire and emotion of the people and they end up becoming super successful, that fire isn't there anymore, and then they start writing these paper-thin songs that on like a level where it doesn't really hit anyone and you don't have the same connection with your audience. Then my question for you would be this. Mm -hmm. If you take that thought process, consider an artist that maybe doesn't write a lot of their own songs. Maybe they, you know, wrote ones when they were not famous and it was about that struggle and things like that. I have but a feeling then, we're thinking of the same person. I don't know, but let me finish my question. Okay. So they wrote about their struggles or whatnot when they were, you know, not famous. Okay. Then they become super famous. More people are writing for them. And then those more people are writing these types of songs that are like, look what I have, X, Y, and Z. Do you also think, I mean, I would argue that if I'm an industry person and this artist of mine is now like an influencer of sorts, that I could have, I could write songs like this for them or be part of songs like this for them to set an example so people are buying into it. Yeah, but I think you have to reach a certain level of notoriety and you have to develop a trust with your label that you're going to sell. Oh, of course, I think you have to get to that point. But what I'm saying is... Even still, like, you'll see, like, you'll see, not rap, but people like Taylor Swift, who can write, who know the industry, or even Miley Cyrus is another great example of someone who really, really understands how the industry works, understands how branding works, how marketing works, and she understands how to create a good character and how to market herself. And even still... Knowing all of that and knowing how good of a singer and songwriter she is, you know that the label's still going to go over all her stuff and make sure that, hey, like, all this stuff needs to be X, Y, and Z, and it needs to be there. Now, I have a really good segue for this, too, because even with someone like her, because, like, sure, she might be extremely talented, but they're still going to once over her stuff with the songwriter, they're still going to make sure that they have all the algorithms because like there's like certain algorithm music algorithms that create a successful song so they'll always make sure that like all like these pop songs like fit like the mold of a pop song so that way you know they know it's gonna make a certain amount of money that it's gonna have a certain catchiness to it but someone like Kendrick Lamar comes around and a guy like him you can't really help him because his style's too on his own. You know what I'm saying? Like, he might have a songwriting partner, or he might people help him, but those are people that are actually helping him. 
Like, you, you can't rap the song for him, and you can't convey conviction for him. He has to believe what he's saying. So, you have to... Like, that's what I think is really interesting about the hip-hop world that you don't see in the pop world that much at all, is that it really takes a certain skill to rap, and to have that conviction, and to have that connection with your audience that you don't technically need to have in the pop world because you can market anyone as a singer and make them sound good and do some magic and make them sound good live. Like, you can do that with anybody, which is why you see all, like, these random, like, TV stars try to have a singing career because they know that as long as you sell things, they can make you sound good. Right. But in, like, the rap world, and I, I could put rock in this too, but the rock industry did a really good job of strangleholding itself into a corner because they think they know what people want and in reality they've kind of just like made themselves completely irrelevant but i'm I, like rock can be its own thing yeah. because obviously there's like a lot that goes into that but do you know who kendrick is signed to no i don't i don't either i want to look that up because i not to sound like a conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. but let's just take for example or in my own opinion, I think that there are a lot of rappers who maybe not rap like Kendrick Lamar, but have, you know, undeniable skill, but don't get famous. Mm-hmm. But I think that there are certain labels, right, who pick people up. Interscope, like Ken- Aftermath, and Top Dog. I think he's still with. I think he's with Interscope now. I think these okay. are the three that he was with. Well, I think the there are one. some labels and some, and obviously you luck out with certain things that trust someone like Kendrick enough to say, "Yes, I'll let people help you, but your style is your style, and we're not going to change that." But then there are other labels who, because hip hop used to be not that it's not, but hip hop used to be the rebel genre, and now it's becoming more of the mainstream, which we talked about in episodes before that they say we're gonna pick up this hip-hop artist and although we're gonna let them do hip-hop we're only gonna let them do it enough that it's still safe does Mm. that make sense i understand exactly what you're saying i think um something with a guy like kendrick lamar that you need to as as a label you need to like understand is if he sells and he has that much integrity as an artist Mm -hmm. to actually put out this quality of work on his own you understand that the best thing you could do is not touch it like like as far as like making money concerns like the best thing you could do is not trust him to do it yeah because labels end of the day don't care at all about musical integrity they don't no. care at all about the art of music. They don't care how it makes you feel. They care about how much money they make from it. That's all they care about. That's literally it. So when you're talking about a label, you have to think, okay, well, this is going to make a ton of money because he's an artist. Because he's an actual... When I mean an artist, I don't mean the way that people call like musicians artists. I mean because he paints a picture with his words artist. So... Uh, because he treats his music like that and people eat it and he's gotten so successful with it um i kind of see it the same way not to really compare put him on like this high of a pedestal because i don't want to put that much pressure on him but i see it the same way that people saw like led zeppelin or the beatles in the way that like 
those labels knew what they had, and they were just like, just, just let them, just like, hands off, let them do their thing, it's gonna be super successful, and just let it happen. Because, like, those kind of bands, like, in, like, the late 60s and early 70s, like, The Who, Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, Pink Floyd, making Dark Side of the Moon, that's reference number one, I promised Rudy I'd make two. Um, those, those kind of bands have a lot of trust, and that comes from... Yeah, it comes from there being already a legit, as it were, presence on their own. Yeah. And I agree with what you're saying, but I guess what I... Maybe what I'm, like, roundabout getting to is just a lot of hip-hop artists and rap artists, to me, are just not that good. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. on their own. <laughs> you could argue that about a, a lot. lot of people. Yeah, you could, like, that's that's not just a problem hip-hop has. No, that's no, a problem that music everybody has. everybody has, yeah. And a big issue with that is that you'll have really talented people that don't pursue their dreams because of economic reasons. Like that—that's—that's that's a big thing. People always ask, like, where the next Beatles are or whatever. They're working a nine-to-five because they can't afford to go out and work. That's why you have a group like One Direction, even though they're super talented. You have them come out, and everyone markets them as the next Beatles because that's the closest you're gonna get. Like, they don't have the songwriting prowess that the Beatles have. They're very talented, but. You're not going to get anything remotely close because those kids were 16. They dropped out of high school to go play music around the world because that's what they love to do. And they knew that if anything happened, they could always just go and find work when they were done trying to make music. Like, they always had that safety net of, oh, it's not the end of the world, it's just a job. There's so much pressure on that nowadays that, you know, like, the best rappers in the world are in suits right now. You know, like the best rock and roll artists, the best singers in the world are waitresses right now. Like you can't, you can't just judge it off talent. There's so much more that goes into it. And I think that's the most discouraging thing about the music industry today is just that the art platform of it and that the integrity of the artist platform of it is just dead. And you have people like, like Taylor Swift, not to take anything away from Taylor Swift, but Taylor Swift is a girl whose parents have been knocking on music industry execs doors for 10 years 10 15 years giving her cd to people having her perform in front of people like as they're walking down the street going to get lunch like that that's what they did with taylor until someone signed her and made her super popular like she's she's been a person who since she was like 14 15 has been standing outside of like record labels with her guitar and every time someone with a suit walks out she plays a song for them until someone's someone picked her up. no i and i agree with what you're saying especially since we're talking about hip-hop if you think about the communities a lot of these rappers come from i mean just in my own experience born and raised in the bronx i know a lot of talented people who are there but just the socioeconomic ability to to leave to leave is almost impossible. Mm -hmm. It's like you're—I mean, you're born with a losing hand. It just happens to be that way. And you can't even say, "Oh, like the internet makes it so much easier," because the internet does not make it so much easier. There's so at much all. noise. Yeah, there's so much noise, and not only that, but it makes the casual listener very lazy because it's so easy to find what you're looking for that you don't need to go out and look for anything new. No because everything you're looking for is there. As opposed to, you know, you know, playing a show, like that's always been the dream. 
right, of any musician is playing a show and having, like, a record label guy, like, in the back hearing you and then coming up to you after the show and going, hey, kid, I really like what you did there. I think I want to sign you to a deal. Like, that's the dream. That is the dream. That is the life. First of all, if you're a musician and you're listening to this, you and I both know, number one, that's hilarious. <laughs> and number two, that's at this point the last thing you want because then you lose all the integrity of your music. Like, th- there's a part of you that's like, if you were to sign, like the best thing you could ask for is to pray to God you have a friend who gets signed to an indie label. And then you, by de facto, can get pushed to be like their opening band or their opening act on a tour and then get signed from that like that's like the dream to be like on an indie label where you can kind of own your music instead of like having like oh hi i'm from def jam records waffles is very interesting it's like oh hi i'm from def jam records i want you to rap for us but we're gonna rap all your music until you die you know what i'm saying no i know what you mean did you finish your stick did you seriously finish your stick and now you're just gonna bark at us? Is that what you're doing? You're a crazy dog. I gave her, I gave her a stick to pacify her, and it didn't even make it through one podcast. She ate the entire thing, and now she's staring at us like, "Hey, like, what's next for me?" I wonder. But all right, well, whatever. She seems to be occupying herself. That's 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 a good thing, I guess. But yeah, you you understand what I'm saying? No, no? I know what you mean. Because. I mean, you know, once if that happened to you, and once you're in the label, then it's you can't get out. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the thing is that that's what makes it even more confusing. Nobody knows what they want. No, it's you just know? like you want to know what. I mean, we talk about this a lot. We know the industry doesn't really know what they're doing, so it's like I'm just gonna grasp at straws. Whatever sounds kind of okay, I'm gonna yeah. try and snatch it up before someone else does, because you never. They're gonna milk any money cow until it's dead at this point. Because, like, and you, you can tell that in hip hop too. Because as soon as something successful comes out, they will cling to that thing for as long as they can. Like Nicki Minaj, anything like that. Like, yeah, will, like she'll feature on everything and anything. Yeah, they will. Not that I, I think she's a great rapper, but someone will put her on anything and everything because they know it's gonna a dollar do you want to know what that makes me think of this is not hip-hop i don't really think no pitbull not hip-hop no but it's pop no it's not even i would say it's latin quote unquote i would say that gives latin a bad name listen i agree but if we're being honest i think we should you know you know what (laughs) i need i need to know this what waffles is under my desk right now playing with us but I, I need to know this. If anyone out there is a Pitbull fan, right? I want you to Why? email. <laughs> I, 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 no, no joke. I want you to email us at spongebobpodcast at gmail.com. And I, I seriously am curious to know, like, if someone gave you tickets to a Pitbull concert, why you would go. And, like, I'm not saying that to be disparaging to Pitbull, but I'm kind of saying it to be disparaging to Pitbull. Like, what is it about Pitbull that you like? Is it the style? Can I ask a question? Yeah. Can we actually do a Latin episode? As long as we don't talk about Pitbull. 
Yeah, no, I really want to do a Latin episode. Yeah, we can do a Latin episode. Maybe after the new year, that'll be our first one. We should definitely do one. But what... Again, yeah, why would you go see Pitbull? But I think it's the same kind of thing. It's like once you find some one person who could feature... Like Lil Wayne, he featured on like everything and anything yeah. that breathed for a while. Because Lil Wayne sold. Lil exactly. Wayne still sells. He's a why? Because he's marketed as the best rapper alive. It's very easy. It's very, it's very easy once you market yourself as the greatest at something. Everyone believes it. If you say and, it enough, people will believe it. Yeah, <laughs> and like that's something totally subjective. But like you could ask people that are in hip hop, and they'll either love him or hate him. There's no like, oh, he's okay. Like he's either oh, Lil Wayne's the best, or oh, like the worst. He's, he's the worst. Yeah. Like you can, you, there's no middle ground with people like him just because of the way that he presents himself. So if you're wondering what all that commotion is, my dog wants to play. So she keeps running up to us with a bunch of toys, hoping that we grab it and like play with it with her. She's also trying to eat my shoe. And she's trying to eat your shoe, which is, oh yeah, because it's fur lined on the inside. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's an issue. <laughs> she's dropping balls at her feet. <laughs> she just stared at me as I threw her toy like <laughs> to the other side of the room and she was just like why, why would you do that <laughs> so um pop if you're listening to this with your cup of coffee take a sip anytime waffles barks that's our, our early morning drinking game because for us I can't even think about alcohol right now it feels like it's like 9 in the morning, but it's actually 12.45. 12.47. 49 seconds, actually. So, yeah. Oh, I do have something to say. There you go. Listen, you guys. Every week we do this, we have a playlist on our Spotify, which I always put on our website, rnepodcast.blogspot.com. If you're writing that down, write it down. I'll also put it in the description like I usually do. I would recommend headphones. <laughs> Especially <laughs> the nature of the songs this week, we would recommend headphones. Because, or oh if my you're, God. Listen, or if you're wilding out, no headphones, because that's what I would do. If you're at work, I would recommend headphones. I was, I was at work, Elijah sent me a playlist. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm going to listen to the playlist, the hip-hop playlist. And I had a few songs that... I plugged my headphones in real quick. Real quick. And yeah, so I, and it's not, you know, it's not a bad thing. Like, it's just it's the, the nature. It's so nasty. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>